Thank you for listening to the Reconnect Marriage Podcast. I'm Dr. Steve Call. And I'm Lisa Call. And we are dedicated to having conversations that cultivate connection in our marriage. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for uh, joining us uh, in this conversation. Today, Lisa and I are having a conversation with one another and with you uh, around what we've titled Cultivating Emotional Intimacy. Uh, It is by far uh, the most significant area, I think, and we think, uh, both in our own experience, but also in my clinical experience, the most difficult area for most, if not all couples, uh, the, the area of emotional intimacy, the struggle, uh, another way of saying it is the struggle to connect emotionally. And, and for many couples, many of us, uh, it's often not even an area maybe that we're aware of that we're struggling, meaning that it's hard to discern what it is that we're actually struggling with. And, and I, I, I'm just, uh, I think, very aware uh, of the frequency, the commonality of it. Uh, and, and I think for many of us, the familiarity of the struggle. Mm-hmm. I think it's not necessarily gender specific either. And so um, in each marriage, it's different. And I think for us, we struggled in this area for a lot of years. Mm-hmm. And we, we still continue to, but I think we're getting a little better at it. But um, yeah, I think it's confusing because sometimes um, it's me sharing my emotions and sometimes it's you sharing yours and me being okay with that. And so there's a lot of factors, I think, that play into it. Mm-hmm. So let's be maybe a, a bit intentional about what do we mean by it? What do we mean by emotional intimacy? Uh, another way to say it is emotional connection. Uh, emotional intimacy is simply m- making ourselves known. That's how we actually define intimacy. It's defined as to make known. So either uh, I'm, as me, as Steve, making myself known through an emotion and vice versa. For Lisa to make something about herself known via emotion, through emotion. And and what's difficult about it often, again, for so many of us, is that maybe wasn't part of our own story. We, we will often go back to that both in the, these moments of conversation but also in our workshops it's for us to be aware of what was the story around emotion, meaning in our own family, the family we grew up in, uh, how was emotion modeled? Uh, was it seen as something mm, less than, uh, minimized, ignored, uh, it m- maybe mocked, teased? Uh, maybe there wasn't emotion. It simply, it, it seemed like it didn't exist, that there wasn't emotional expression, there wasn't emotional offering. Uh, and that is such a, key part of the way we navigate emotion and emotional intimacy, emotional connection in our marriage. It's so significantly impacted by our own story. Mm -hmm. And I think for me, we didn't have a lot of emotion growing up. I've shared that many times, I think on the podcast. And when you don't grow up in a household where emotions are present or they're dealt with or they're talked about, you don't even really know that they're missing. You don't even mm-hmm. really know that there's something else, another right. way to do this. This is just how we always did it. And I'm still having to th- understand certain motions or certain patterns that um, that I learned as a child and even maybe rules about 
which emotions are okay, which emotions are not okay, which are silly, right. which are um, childlike, or right. you know, and just there's all this judgment. I think yeah, almost like there are rules associated with certain yeah. emotions. Right, right. Yeah. You can have this one right. in this situation, right. but in this situation, that would be dumb to feel that, or mm-hmm. that would be silly, or inappropriate, or whatever. And so, I continue to find um, myself having a judgment not only for my emotions for your emotions, for certain situations, it doesn't seem right. It doesn't fit. And yet here they are. Mm -hmm. And now what do we do about it? Right. And I I think where we can often be stuck or feel stuck, it's exactly what you just named is that somehow we believe that some emotions that, that, that we offer or express or feel uh, are, are okay. Emotions, meaning positive emotions. Sometimes that's a word that's used. And then at other times, I think there are many of us that might see certain emotions as negative emotions. And we want to be really careful, I think, in how we somehow label an emotion because part of part of that, even that spoken structure or unspoken structure that we just named positive versus negative, uh, it, it can send a message that, that, that sometimes what we feel, sometimes the emotion of what we express is less than. Uh, and... Here's the deal. We are all born with four primary emotions. Four. We are all born with them. They are innate. And for a moment, just take a moment. If for those of you listening, take a stab at one or two of those. What, what might we guess those are? Uh, I think many of us might say mm, happy. We happy. Yeah. We have sad. We have sad. We have angry. Angry. And we have fear. So four primary emotions that we're born with. And and maybe in our marriage, we, we might not struggle so much in the happy moments or the good moments. Uh, it it's, tends to be in the other three that we tend to, if we're staying strictly in the primary emotions, those are ones that we tend to struggle with. Uh, how we uh, emote sadness, uh, how we emote fear, uh, how we express um, anger, uh, frustration, disappointment, sorrow, hurt. Those are, those are all feeling slash emotions. And I think for many of us, somehow the script that we might hold internally is they're off limits. It's not okay. Uh, we might work hard to keep them to ourselves. And, and I also want to highlight also part of the struggle is that often we're not actually aware of what it is that we either feel and or express in our emotion. And so sometimes our work is, is being a bit more intentional about what is happening for me. What do I notice? What am I aware of for my spouse? So we, we want to highlight, well, okay, for if that is part of our struggle in our marriage, which is common, how might we build some emotional intimacy and connection in our marriage? It doesn't mean we have to simply always struggle to rework or redo something emotionally. What, what the highlight, and I think what our hope is, it's that we would be aware of what what is what is this? What is emotional intimacy? What is emotional connection? What do we actually mean by that? Mm-hmm. Can I say one more thing about emotions? I also think um, I hear a lot of people either thinking I'm too emotional, you know, my right. tears come too fast, right. my anger comes too fast, or I'm not emotional enough, you know. So we're kind of even judging our emo- our own emotions, mm-hmm. whether we have enough of them, whether we have too much of them, too many of them. Um, and I think we get kind of stuck in that without even just saying, Hey, this is what I'm feeling. 
Now, how can I just feel it? And how can we have understanding about it? Mm-hmm. You know, I think when we can't even get to that point when we're so busy judging whether I have too much or too little or, or whether it's, you know, the right emotion for the right situation. So even that, I think, is a step that we have to take and realize, oh, if I'm having an emotion, it's okay. What is it telling me? You know, what is it telling me about myself, my body, my situation? Maybe it's just been a hard day or maybe it's a hard season or, you know, there's all kinds of um, factors that are playing a part in why Mm -hmm. I'm having an emotion right now. And Mm -hmm. I think it took me a long time to accept maybe my lack of emotion, maybe my lack of the ability to express it. Um, and then of course I want to judge your emotion and I want to judge when we were parenting with our kids, like how much emotion can they have? And, you know, is this an okay emotion? So I think there's a lot of that kind of the groundwork Mm -hmm. of even understanding that it's okay to have the emotion. We're just going to maybe unpack it and maybe seek to understand even ourselves first Mm -hmm. before we begin to communicate. That's good. And I I think I want to highlight too, that as a therapist, uh, working with couples, uh, this is again, one of the most common, if not the most common area of struggle for couples. It's not just how to communicate or how to fight well or argue well or have conflict or it it is about that. But, uh, more than that, it is about how how do we connect emotionally? Because part of what's happening in our disconnect is we are disconnected emotionally. Here's just a helpful, I think, way of navigating the difference between feeling and emotion. Sometimes we use them synonymously, and they're they are similar, but they're they're not the same. Sometimes a simple way of thinking and remembering is we feel something, and the way emotion is offered, it's the expression of what we feel. So it's a something along the lines of I feel sad, but the expression of my sadness is my emotion, or is what we are naming or putting words to emotion. It's just, I think, a it, now that's not fully true, but I think it's a, a helpful way to try to differentiate between what I feel and, and my emotion. So the emotional intimacy is what is offered, what is experienced between us, uh, what is offered to and for the other with the other. That That is the linkage, if you will, when we talk about connection or intimacy. It's that what I, what I reveal of what I feel to Lisa is what we mean by emotion. And, and how that draws us toward the other, uh, to the other. And again, be, be very intentional again in your own story. Uh, I think that like what you just said about your story, Lisa, is so important uh, that sometimes we're not aware of what our emotional intimacy is connected to often is, is our story and how that might be what I would just say underdeveloped. That was a phrase I, I think I've been more aware of, particularly even in this last week with couples. It's that it's not that it doesn't exist, because we all feel and we all emote, but it's that at times it's underdeveloped. And and our hope in this conversation again is what does that development of emotional intimacy look like? What does the actual experience of emotional connection look like, sound like, feel like? Mm-hmm. That's why I, I really like staying connected to the fact that we are born with four emotions. They are part of our DNA. They're part of how we're created. They're part of being human. Mm-hmm. And... So many of us want to minimize them, want to ignore them, want to say they have no value, they can't be measured, they're not science, you know, there's this shouldn't have to play a part because it feels so out of control. 
and because maybe we just haven't had a, a lot of experience with them. Mm-hmm. And um, so I'd love to stay connected to the fact that this is how we were born. And then from there on, we were trained, you know, how to categorize them, how to push them away, how to minimize them, you know, in our household. Mm-hmm. Or um, maybe they were too much, you know, in our parent. And so then we decided, I'm not going to have emotions like that, you know, and I'm going to, I'm not going to let myself get like that. And um, so there's all different ways that we were taught um, as a child mm-hmm. about the rules of emotions again. So I think that's just, it's so important. I think it's so important to have a little bit of an awareness, you know, in our own self, like, okay, what, what was the role? What, what were the, what were the, um, the ways that I was impacted so that when we do get to a conversation, you know, with our spouse, that we have some insight into just how we, maybe we were trained. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think that is so helpful again of of our own internal messaging belief structure around emotion, our own story of emotion. Uh, how, how is it modeled? So it's it's two parts to that. Is one is how it is uh, expressed f- for myself. Uh, the other part is how how do I receive it? How do I interact with emotion? That's another part of the struggle, which again can be connected to story. I, I grew up in a home where. I had a highly emotional, volatile mother and just uh, at times a very extreme emotion. Uh, and and unfortunately, uh, I think I learned early on uh, as part of what was modeled for me was to not engage, uh, to, to walk away, uh, to maybe hide, <laughs> literally. Because you had, it was your way to cope. I, it was my way to cope. I, as a I, child, I, we're just coping, right? Right. right. It, 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 it felt safe. Uh, safer to withdraw, to not engage, uh, because the emotions felt too big to me. Um, and in and, that in that situation, that was appropriate, right? Right, and it was what was so, needed, right? You're taking mm-hmm. care of yourself, mm-hmm. but then we grow up with this pattern, right. and it doesn't fit anymore, right? Like this last week, <laughs> <laughs> where Lisa and I are uh, taking. Uh, some of you know this. This is one of our rituals. We try to walk our driveway maybe a couple times a week, and we were taking a walk. Uh, this was a few days ago, and uh, there were can we say lots of emotion? Uh, lots of emotion. Lots yes. of emotion in our conversation. Heightened emotions. <laughs> Heightened emotions, uh, and and I was very aware that I was what we might say overwhelmed. Uh, we could say flooded. It's another way of some saying using a word that means overwhelmed. Uh, angry. I was angry. <laughs> I was. I'll just say I was. I wasn't okay with Lisa's level of emotion, and and for many of us in our marriage, that is part of the struggle. We don't know how to respond well to the other's emotion because it can be overwhelming to us. What's overwhelming about it? Uh, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to respond. Uh, we might be angry and frustrated around what it, their emotion is actually connected to. And so it's a, for us, as we were walking the last third back to our home of our driveway, uh, I, I think if those of you listening were watching, you would see this video of Steve accelerated his pace. Uh, I began to walk faster, and, and it, it was unkind. Uh, you were, Lisa was saying, please, can we keep talking? And I, I simply said, no, I don't want to. Uh, and, and, and again, here we are talking about this on a podcast and you might think or wonder, uh, I thought these guys have it figured out. <laughs> it might be and, your last podcast <laughs> that you're going to listen to. They still can't get it right. Uh, it, and in that moment, 
it felt again protective. Like I don't, I don't know. I, don't, I simply don't know how to respond. And and this feels like too much for me. And that is often a relational pattern response most of us have when one feels highly emotional or is expressing the emotion in a volatile way or in a, a, in a very expressive way. Well, and I think especially when the emotion was maybe caused by, or it, you know, it's in a form of hurt between the sure, two of you. So sure. it's not just, oh, I'm having an emotion about a situation at mm. work, but I'm having an emotion because of us. you hurt me, right. you know, or I hurt you or whatever. Right. And now we feel so overwhelmed mm-hmm. that maybe we were part of mm-hmm. the cause of this emotion that it causes emotion to rise up. Right. And so then you kind of get in this, you know, this back and forth pattern right. where now what? And that I think the struggle for many of us is that's often how we do relationally respond to quote unquote big emotion, whether that's anger, sadness, frustration, disappointment, hurt. We tend to withdraw. We tend to disengage. We tend to retreat. We go silent. We turn away. And and what sets an emotion for the other, which is very common, is a sense of panic, uh, disorientation, confusion. Uh, there's a loss of access. And that's actually what happened for us. I walked in and you stayed on the driveway and uh, I I made the assumption that you were coming in, and we were, I I didn't name this, I didn't speak this, uh, but but I think I hoped that you would come in, and maybe we'd basically finish the you conversation. Me. You basically ditched me, <laughs> and I just couldn't believe it. You know, I was just you know, and you have that feeling where, oh my gosh, I know we can work this out, and no, he just like sometimes we get flooded, and he just left, and I just sat in the grass and was like, wow, mm-hmm. yeah. Had to, I'd had to take some breaths. Like, it, was okay. a, it was a difficult moment. Yes. It really was. And what would you say helped you to return or to come inside? I I think I, I don't think it was me that returned. I think I went about some business and you came and found me because mm-hmm. you realized I wasn't behind you anymore. Yeah, I, I think I... 10 I, minutes or I mean, so. I walked in and it was probably a good maybe 10 minutes uh, before I realized, uh-oh, uh, that, that didn't go so well. And... And here's what I want to highlight is that you might think those, again, those of you listening after 35 years of marriage and me being in this clinical work of couples for over two decades, that that there would be something along the lines of that that ought not to occur. And, and I want to say uh, almost boldly, it's not if it occurs, it's when moments like that occur. It's that when we are struggling to connect emotionally, either the emotion of the other is too much, or it feels like it's too much, or we don't know how to respond, uh, and or we don't know how to access what it is that we're actually feeling to be able to express. It, it This is where the intentionality of return is so vital to emotional intimacy. Yes, it's about the moment on the driveway and me turning away and walking inside, but to me, and I think to us, what is vital is the return. It's how we return to those moments is actually what cultivates connection. It's actually what cultivates emotional intimacy. I think I found you, uh, you were in the schoolroom, your yeah. schoolroom. Do you remember what you said? Uh, okay, I'm looking at you like... I'm, no, I don't remember. I was just thinking... Should I remember? No, or are I was you just, saying that I didn't say something right? No, I well? was thinking it must have been good because I was not wanting to talk. And I think you just said, can we talk? Mm-hmm. You know, just And it was a softer tone and it was like a... I think what I said was, uh, yeah, in a softer tone, can we try again? And and those words, in a maybe invitational way, are the words that move us toward emotional intimacy. 
can we try again? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I think that 10 minutes, maybe it could be an hour, maybe it could be longer, is mm-hmm. often necessary because yeah. we have to cool off. We have mm-hmm. to gather our, you know, our wits about us and go, and our, and our voice changes and the tone changes. You know, there's sometimes it's so elevated and so heightened that and you can't have a good conversation at that point. Right. Um, but I think it is important to return at some point sooner than later. But as soon as you can feel calm and feel like, oh, wow, okay, that didn't go well. I want it to go better. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's okay to have that break. It is. I it think. is okay to have the break. And I, I would say for many of us, it's necessary slash needed for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That without that, it's difficult to move towards some, uh, what we might say is one of the core hopes and outcomes of emotional intimacy. How is it built? How, what actually leads to emotional intimacy and connection is understanding. And so without a pause, sometimes it's difficult to cultivate and create some understanding. I think that the second part of, of what we would name and put words to, if, if we ask that question, Hey, let's all put words to what cultivates emotional intimacy. Yes. Return in the midst of conflict, uh, understanding, for sure creates a sense of emotional intimacy connection. I think we would add that the third piece is curiosity. Uh, I, I, I think for us in our marriage and for so many couples therapeutically and even outside of therapy, curiosity uh, sends the message of, I see you, uh, I want to know you. And I think that's part of what happened in our dynamic and the return is, hey, can we try again? Curiosity is something like, what What happened? Uh, I mean, to understand what happened. Uh, what am I not seeing? What am I not aware of? And I would just say again, that that takes a lot of work uh, to be able to offer that to one another. It's not a, it's not a, um, what I would say, an automatic response we have when we're trying to understand the other. Because again, understanding is what creates connection. Yeah, it's real intentional. And I think a big part of it, when we do come back together and say, okay, tell me what was happening for you, is that listening without interruption mm-hmm. where I want so bad to, you know, either judge your emotion or explain away your emotion or be defensive about why I did what I did or whatever. But I think the most powerful thing for that we can give to each other is to, to be able to hear, you know, what, what was the emotion you were feeling and where did that come from? And, and I know I was able to tell you about, I even went back to a story of my childhood, like, this is an area for me that, you know, has been important ever since I was a child. Like I, I was able to express some things and you were able to hear them mm-hmm. and, and not judge them, not respond to them right away, but just allow me to access the, that story, access that feeling. And I think it takes time to do that. It takes curiosity. It takes stillness. It takes presence. You know? I think it takes also a, a sense of safety. Yeah. That there's a sense of relational safety in the moment to reveal something of ourselves. And and that, I think, would lead us into that next question. Well, what cultivates safety? The very same, similar ways of what com- cultivates emotional intimacy. The sense of, of being known and knowing. Uh, the sense of curiosity. Uh, the sense of presence. The sense of access. Uh, the returning to versus the running from. Mm-hmm. Uh, in moments of, of struggle, moments of difficulty, moments of heartache. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. It makes me think about, I think it was about six or seven years ago that we actually went through um, mm-hmm. marriage counseling right. and and it was new to us. And we tried a marriage counseling called EFT, Emotional Focus Therapy, which I know you use a lot of those concepts in your work right now. But 
that was a really um, helpful time for us where we were able to bring out and highlight our, some of our emotions. And we came in going, okay, we have these topics we want to talk about, but really right. it was more about, but how are you feeling about those things? And how are you um, understanding each other's emotion in those situations? And so that was um, actually one of the most healing years we've ever had, you know, during that EFT and where we, I think we were able to give our emotions some more center stage and yeah. we hadn't before in, in our marriage and, mm-hmm. and, and not judge them so much and also hear them from one another and not be defensive toward them or, um, but just be more curious and open. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a good word. We 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 gave them center stage. Uh, we gave them value. Uh, they they became more important uh, in our language and our in our way of being with one another than they were before. Uh, I think they were in hiding. They were they were dormant uh, for good reason uh, because of our stories. So I think that's a an essential part of of how we grow in emotional intimacy and connection is again being aware of story. Yes, being aware of what is the script I offer and say about my own emotion. Uh, what helps me to stay present to my spouse's emotion, uh, because all, all of those again are connected to story. And speaking of story, Lisa and I wanted to just offer uh, for a few seconds uh, what we are offering in the fall. Uh, we are, have created uh, just created a brand new offering called the Marriage Story Intensive uh, that we are are uh, holding here at the barn, uh, which is on our property, uh, October, September 30th to October 2nd, uh, this fall, fall of 2022. Uh, it'll be Lisa and I, and then, uh, Dr. Dan Allender and his wife, Becky will be hosting, uh, teaching the four of us for six to eight couples. So feel free. If you're interested, check it out on our website, the reconnect institute.com. Uh, if you'd like additional information, it's been a long time in coming. We've been waiting for this we have pandemic we have. to be over and we're really excited to be able to host a weekend for super excited. Yeah. It's a three day yeah. intensive that really, again, goes back to story and the ways in which we engage our own story within our marriage uh, relationship. Thank you for joining us. We're grateful for each of you. The Reconnect Marriage Podcast is hosted by the Reconnect Institute. For more information, you can find us on the web at thereconnectinstitute.com. You can also follow us on social media on Instagram at Reconnect Marriage.